Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Yo, this is your boy, G-Ski Rocks. And this is going out to the lovely, lovely women of the world. I know sometimes you have to make a hard decision. But I want you to think about this. Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. I am sitting in for our mastermind, you know, the one who makes this show hop, Mrs. Letitia Wong. She's listening, but she's a little under the weather, but I think she wants to say something. Introduce yourself, Letitia. Hey there, Thomas. Hey there, Letitia. Anyway, I'm glad to have you. I know you've been a little under the weather. So I am stepping in for our awesome host, Mastermind, behind the show. You know, the true brains, along with Melissa, that makes this show tick. So with that being said, you know how we rock and roll. We start out with our verse on which this show was founded, Deuteronomy chapter 30. Verse 19 says, 
I record this day against you that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curses. Therefore, choose life so that you and your seed might live. Dear Heavenly Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we give you glory, honor, and praise. Father God, I thank you for another opportunity to host True Life Fridays Radio here on Blog Talk. Father, I thank you for my host, my co-host, and those who are listening in, listening live and those who will be listening in archive, Lord. Father, we just pray that our message that goes forth today, it will be not only edifying, humorous because of our guests, but it will give people information that they can use to make any type of decision that they may need to make. Lord, we thank you for forgiveness of our sins, and we say we love you and we bless you. In the mighty name of your Son, Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Amen. So, Letitia, I was um, looking at something interesting today. Up in Rampopo, Ramapo, New York, that's a town of about 126,000 people in upstate New York. They had an incident involving black people and white cops. But there's a twist to this story because you didn't hear nothing about it. Here's what happened. There were four big black people sitting in a car. And so somebody in this town of Rampopo called the cops on them because they said they looked suspicious and they had on bulletproof vests. Well, oh, I heard this story. Yeah, I read about this. Yeah, yeah. Keep going. This is going to be good. Well, <laughs> a SUV full of white cops jumped out, pointed their guns at the car. First of all, in traffic, they they blocked the car from moving, and they got out, guns drawn, told the people to get out of their car hands up the only problem with is this those four suspicious looking black people were patrol officers were parole officers uh, serving a search warrant right now here's what's really interesting about it you didn't hear anything about it in the news and I'm going to tell you why the entire leadership of that town is controlled by Democrats. How do I know? I looked up every single one of their council members and their supervisor, their, their president of their – or the supervisor of the council, whatever it is they call themselves. So here's my question. difference between that and Baltimore 
You want to tackle that one, Letitia? Uh, well, here's the here's the thing about that. I mean, there there is certainly uh, misconduct by by white police officers, by black police officers. I mean, I could come up with a whole bunch of stories about how black cops mistreat the people under the, under uh, their their watch. And it doesn't mean it's it's not a black it's not a black thing, it's not a white thing, it's not a cop thing, it's not anything. It's a human nature thing. And let's just take things at face value. If I saw four people sitting in a car, it doesn't matter what color they are, and they have on vests, they are under what they're up to. And if I call the cops, I expect the cops to do due diligence to find out what they're doing. I don't expect people in the car to be mistreated. I wouldn't want them to be mistreated, but I want them to you know, be fully questioned about what their business is. It's the police's job to find out if they're doing something uh, lawful or unlawful. So it happens to be that these four black individuals uh, are working for the law, trying to serve a search warrant. And uh, as far as I understand that that story, how that story went, it was a few days ago. Um, they were they seem to have been a little roughed up and mistreated. I don't think anybody was. Was was it, there wasn't anybody who was treated violently, were there? Oh, they may have been tussled around a little bit. It wasn't too bad. But you okay. know what? You missed you you missed what I was getting at because what you're saying is right, especially in a state that doesn't allow concealed carry. You know. Right. Well, I so, was getting course, I was getting to the po- the part. Where um, you know police officers then after after they know what after they have done their job and not more and let other people do their jobs. <laughs> right. You bring up you you're very right on with what you just said, but there's something far deeper than this. Here's the issue. These were white cops. Mm-hmm. Those were black people. Where are the rioters? My point I, is I, this. Yeah. My point is this. Democrats, Republicans. Democrats, Republicans. Here's the thing. The Department of Justice, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, those fools, did not come to their behest or rescue because, one, this town is controlled by Democrats. Because believe me, had it been a Republican-controlled government, this would have been splashed all over the news. That's why Ferguson blew up the way it did. Because the governor, the uh, not governor, but the mayor of Ferguson, who ironically happened to be the first Republican elected as mayor in a long time, was mayor. 
so but it's not consistent though i mean when you look at the what happened in baltimore i mean that was also a black city i shouldn't say black city it was a city run by a black mayor democrat it's democrats all around ping 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 and at least i mean you were at, you're asking for a difference between what happened in Baltimore and what happened with with these four uh, parole officers. Now you've got me doing that. <laughs> these four officers <laughs> trying to serve right. a, the serve a, a search warrant. Uh, I think it's it's the it's the there was no mistreatment. There was no um, there there is no outrage. Well, because I think the establishment is so far. Uh, they're very much against the idea that there is such a thing as as black people gainfully employed with arms in their hands. You know, when you have a people that are black people that are involved in law enforcement carrying weapons, they really, really dislike that because it goes against that very image goes against the narrative that they're trying to spin that all, all people are just victims. They're hapless, unarmed victims. And as I keep talking, because we just lost uh, Thomas off the air right now, um, and and I think that was the biggest mistake that, well, we can see this very clearly, we can see the biggest mistake the media is making with these stories is to be utterly hypocritical. They're counting on the public not seeing this. They're counting on the public forgetting and you're right. not going to see Al Sharpton out in force very much more often than, than he has been in the past anymore, uh, especially since I think a lot of people are starting to wise up to his ways, and they're starting to say, hey, you are really in this for your own publicity. Stay away. Like they told him to stay away in Baltimore. That was pretty sweet. Um, they right. started to tell them to stay away. At, at the tail end of the Ferguson riots, he didn't come back because nobody wanted him here. <laughs> so our the point the point that we have to look at is this: like you said, there wasn't no consistency. No, there was no, no consistency. When when you have the when you have the, you have to have the story. This is how it is. You have to have the story where the black person is an absolute victim, and they can spin it as absolute victimhood. You cannot have a story with four black people in in doing their duty, doing their jobs, holding weapons in their hands, and getting questioned by the police. Right. Doing what they're supposed to do. You've got to be. You've got to be. You've got to be a teenager or a young man running away because you stole something and getting shot shot in the back, shot in the back, uh, in order for somebody to start a riot. Right. And and this is all about narrative spinning. You cannot go you cannot go around doing good works and cleaning up the neighborhood with a shirt with Ronald Reagan's face on it. Goes against the narrative. Yeah, that. Right. That story will never hit the news. And why not, though? Why not? You, oh, <clears throat> you know what? I'm going to uh, ask our our you know our prompto guest host for today on the yep. air, and he's got tons to say. I can let me say before I before I before I put turn his mic on. 
how much I enjoy his videos. I have been a, you know, a closet fangirl for quite a long time. <laughs> and I'm afraid to say so because it's like, oh, my God, you know. And uh, I'm sure he's heard enough of that. So, why, why, you know, while I just kind of cool down and act like I'm on totally chill and let him on the air. And we'll talk about Zoe, Alfonso Rachel from Zoe Nation. He's from, uh, his videos can be found on tjmedia.com. And he has written an awesome book that, uh, you know, I don't know if I can say this online. This is a PG show, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> well, I'll, 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 I'll let somebody else say that. So welcome, Alfonso Rachel, to the show. We have wanted you on the air for quite a while, but I'm so glad you're here today. Hey, thanks for having me on. Yeah, I I think I want that for my ringtone when you were doing the fangirl things. Oh my god, is that that would make a killer <laughs> ringtone. I think I'm gonna want that. Yeah. That's funny. Well, you can clip it from our audio. Yeah, my right. Yeah, there you go. Or or you or you can have like a, one of the songs from my band, Twenty Pound Sledge, playing in uh in your ringtone. Or you know that that would be up, that, that would be a good one to have right there. Also, yeah. Ooh, ooh, but that would I be your can... phone. That would be your phone. I was thinking about my, <laughs> my phone. phone. You know, it'd be narcissistic for me to have that in my phone, playing my own band in my phone. We need to get out there where 20 pounds later is playing in somebody else's phone. That's an idea. We should start that. We should totally right? start. You heard it here first. All right. But, yeah, you've been hearing what we've been talking about, and this is kind of what we do here at Pro-Life Fridays. Um, True Life Friday, excuse me. I am under the weather, aren't I? And Yes. Uh, we we are talking about the the pro life aspects of the news of the day, and you'd be surprised um, mm-hmm. about how much of the news centers around the very thing that we're not supposed to talk about in public. We're not supposed to talk about this over the dinner table. We're not supposed to talk about it in church. We are not mm-hmm. supposed to discuss this um, in polite company, which is the worth and the 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 sale and the life and death of the most innocent of human beings, uh, and also those that are, are victims of actual oppression. Mm-hmm. Yet it's in our faces every day. It is what our congressmen have to deal with every day. And um, and so I, I think, you know, when Thomas contacted you to be on the show today, um, he probably talked to you about wanting to talk about how this is impacting the black community, your views on that, and what we decided is you're going to play guest host for us today, and you're going to give us your commentary on our uh, news headlines so that uh, I can save my voice. <laughs> I'll, I'll do what I can. What you got? <laughs> All right. Well, um, let's let's finish what we started and. And Thomas, you want to go recap that story about the four um, four officers in the patrol car serving yes. the, uh, serving the search warrant. Right. Well, Zoe, I know you probably heard about this, and you may have already addressed it, but we'd like to hear from your perspective again. There were the four mm-hmm. black um, parole officers up in um, Ramapo, New York who got the cops called on them because they were wearing bulletproof vests and they were big. So a cop, a SUV full of white cops, these were all white cops, jumped out, mm-hmm. guns pointed at them, and the <laughs> there's an ironic twist here is that mm-hmm. 
did you hear anything about that in the news? Man, I must have been as far under a rock as uh, Letitia's been under the weather because this is this is a new twist, man. It enlightened me. What what went down? Basically, they um they jumped out of the car because one of the town residents. Keep in mind, this is a town of one hundred twenty six thousand people, so this isn't a okay. small town. Right. They somebody called the cops because they saw a car full of. Black, as as the article said, big black people wearing bulletproof vests. Mm-hmm. So they so they called them suspicious. So the cops came all white, surrounded mm-hmm. their cars, guns drawn, told them to get out okay. with their hands up. And all right. Once they discussed everything, let them go. Here's the ironic part about it. You didn't hear mm-hmm. anything about this in the news, did you? No, but okay. What? So the 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 cops, the black cops that were in the car. I mean, what uh, what agency of law enforcement were they? They were they were. Um, I think they were with the New York State um, Parole Board. They were serving okay. a search warrant. Yeah, they were serving a search warrant. Okay. And the the twist in this, and this is what we want to get your commentary about, is that how come you did not hear about this in the media? Never mind the anybody fact, get shot. Did anybody no. get shot? Well, it's, no. I guess that's why nobody got gunned down in this event. There was no bloodshed. You know how the saying goes, man. If it bleeds, it leads. Nobody died, so the media don't care. But hold on, though. But hold on. Mm-hmm. When you see any, it doesn't have to be bleed from a bleeding point of view. If it's just any type of improprieties, how many times have we seen the videos where a kid is trying to, a black kid filming a cop talking about arrest me or getting up in his face? Cop didn't do nothing. But this mm-hmm. kid trying to stir something up, and that and that became a trending in the news media, whatever. My point, my point that I'm getting at, because I did the research on this town. Every mm-hmm. member of that town's council are all Democrats. Oh, I every one. Mm-hmm. So how? So this is this is where I'm going with this. How is it that it's okay? For a Democratic-led town, police mm-hmm. department, to be able to do this, get away and get away with it and say, oops, that was a mistake, our bad. But yet if it was <laughs> a Republican, as, in, as was the mayor of Ferguson, never mind the fact that he was the first Republican mayor elected in Ferguson in a long time, mm-hmm. but because yeah, well, he you, was Republican – in, 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 in in areas where it's um you know where it's historically mostly democrat representation right. yeah you're going to have you're going to have cities that are uh you know they're going to have higher crime rates higher high school dropout rates they're going to have a high, violent crime rates you know are going to be higher and stuff like that um I'm, I guess I'm trying to make the connection of where that applies here cuz what you're saying is correct you know, I, I agree with you. I'm just trying to look at the application of, 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 
of this situation, where it applies here. I think uh, one with the cops, you know, like I was saying earlier, um, right. nobody was shot because, you know, the hot news is, is that there's shootings. So this would be like a, a that, you know, this would be almost like a step down in what the news cycle would be. It's like, well, nobody was shot. We need something better than somebody being shot, you know, but nobody was shot in this case. And number two, I think also it's because these cops are, are black. Um, it's like, who cares? They shouldn't, they're, they're black. They shouldn't have been cops anyway. They shouldn't be representing this, this you know, this uh, white American system. You know, you become a, it's like, it, it's like you can't win. You know what I mean? It's, you know, if you're, if you're not a cop, um, you know, then the system is racist because it's not hire, you're not hiring black mm-hmm. cops. And if you do become right. a, a, a cop and you're black, then you're a sellout because you became a cop representing the, the, the American white system. So what do you do? So in this sense, instance, you know, the liberals don't, they don't know what to do with this. You know, so white cops got out and uh, confronted some, some black cops with some guns. There was no drama. They worked it, worked it out peaceably. You know, what, what do they do with that? It's like, well, we don't want to play up. You know, we, we got to make it look like that there's no, you know, this this would go against their narrative, you know, because with Ferguson that, and stuff like that, they were saying, you know, there's there's no white cops. In all this black neighborhood, there's there's no black cops, and they only have white cops. Well, okay, well, here you got some black cops now. Oh, well, uh, you know, what, what, do we, what do we do with that, you know? That's my whole point. That's, that's mm-hmm. what I was getting at. See, and I look at it like this. In the, in the Ferguson situation, it's common mm-hmm. sense but apparently not to liberals, that if you go for a cop's gun, you will get shot. Hair you are no longer white unarmed. or black. <laughs> yeah, you are, if, you are no longer unarmed at that point. Even if you put your hands on any of his weapons, it doesn't matter if the weapon is still on his belt. Once you touch it, you are no longer unarmed. Exactly. And so that was my you, – you actually, you actually made my point. That was what I was getting at. See, they mm-hmm. they backed themselves into a corner with you know with the whole what they doing with this narrative, like the like the little boy that got killed up in Cleveland. What a lot of people mm-hmm. don't know that his so called friend took the orange tip off the gun, told him mm-hmm. to go point it at the cop. Mm-hmm. And you know so, the sad part of it is is is. You know, the things that lead up to, to stuff like that is it is a fact that there are a lot of kids, you know, there's young men out there, you know, that are armed. They do go out right. and they commit violent crimes that are that young, you know, and, and, and it's, you know, it's unfortunate when you have, um, you know, folks in the black community that, that make excuses for stuff like this or try to play like this stuff doesn't happen. And it's like the actions right. of stuff like that is what will get you know, young black men killed, and that stuff has to stop. We have to stop patronizing this and just call it for what it is and say, you know, even even in, uh, you know, black culture uh, entertainment, you know, we, we make light of, you know, sometimes we we do parodies of ourselves. The fact that we got right. you know, young little, you know, foul-mouthed kids, you know, trying to be little thugs and stuff like that, we think it's cute. We think it's funny. But the reason why we do stuff like that is because it's based in an element of truth. There are kids out there that are trying to be little thugs, and they will hurt you. You got, you know, teenagers right. out there go playing a knockout game and stuff like that. Go out and knock people out for no reason, you know, going out and committing crimes. That stuff actually does happen. So don't be surprised if one of them does get shot by a cop. They do a lot right. more shooting each other, you know, but one of these times, you know, a cop's going to be out there and they're going to get dusted, and it's a tragedy. And the way it's going right. to stop is if we start making excuses for it. Right. But yet whenever someone 
like you or I or Letitia, we make that argument. We get called sellouts or we're against our community. So answer this question for for me. How is that being against our community to want our community to do the right thing, be responsible (laughs) for themselves, step up instead of being told what they can't do, showing the liberals that they are not victims? How is that being a sellout? Man, that's, it's, it's a sad projection, ain't it? I mean, it's it basically, you know, we're being called sellouts, you know, for, for exactly what you're saying, you know. So what, what we're trying to, you know, put you in a you know, to get you out of the cycle of arrested development. We're trying to get you out of this uh, circle of uh, discontent to where, you know, you, you, you have self-reliance. And the best way to be of service to people is to use your God-given talents to be of service to each other, not be dependent on the state or expect the state to make these provisions for you, you know, these, these things like that. But I guess, you know, maybe what's going on in the, in the, in the black community is that, you know, there may be a couple of factors. I think uh, with the black, and this isn't exclusive to the black community. This is, this is with anybody, but because the black community is usually such a concentrated population, you're going to get a concentrated effect of it. And, um, right. you know, one of those things being insecurity, you know, there's, uh, you know, with, with the black community, uh, they're brought up with a lot of insecurity. And uh, insecurity in terms of, you know, how the home is brought up. The home isn't secure. It's an imbalanced home. They're raised by angry single mothers, mothers that are angry because of, you know, the insecurity that they had with a father who just, uh, with a man who just left them to raise a child on their own. So there's a lot of insecurities there, you know, and then these children are raised with insecurities. And those insecurities come out and, and they'll manifest when you try to tell them that they're doing something wrong. Well, man, you just cut straight to the bone. You know, they don't want to, you know, the black community doesn't want to be told that they're doing something wrong because, you know, there's this stigma, there's this insecurity that, you know, oh, we're just failures and, and you know, and, and everything that we do is wrong and, and everybody hates us. And, you know, and that's going to backlash and turn back out. So, you know, it's like you can't tell them, you know, that, you know, that they're doing anything wrong. They don't want to hear it. So, you know, but at the same time, you know, the black community is insisting that you keep it real. So it's like, here's that. It's okay. Well, if you want us to keep it real, well, here's the real deal, and here's how it is. But, you know, I guess at the end of the day, man, you know, um, people don't want to be preached to. And they're selective about what they want to be preached to about. They want to be preached that it's somebody else's fault. You know, that's not your fault, it's somebody else's fault. Um, Even when you tell them that there's responsibility that they take, you still have to do it in a patronizing manner, in a way that uh, uh, lets them still be able to entertain the fact that it's not, not not the fact, but entertain the idea that it's still someone else's fault. But here's what you can do to better your situation. But don't forget it's somebody else's fault. You know, um, the the thing I recommend, man, is it, and it's going to take generations. One one thing we have to get over this idea is that it's going to be a quick fix. It is not. Right. It's going to take some time. It took a long time to get into this mess. It's going to take a long time to get out. But if as long as we get on the right road, and uh, and when I'm talking about you know the path and the way, you know is one you put the Lord at the at the at the front of it, and understand what it is that He's saying to us to work out our issues, um, right. and we have to find mean ways to be able to illustrate what it is that we're trying to show. And these illustrations, man, they have to be effective. They got to be salty. They got to be gritty. They got to they got to get right down to it to where they can relate to people and people can see what's going on. You know, but, you know, just like the, the medicine, the medicine's got to be taken with a teaspoon of sugar or something like that. Don't change the medicine. Don't change, 
you know, the curative, the message, the method, you know, uh, don't change anything about that. Keep, you know, what the Lord says pure. But how we deliver right. it is an examination that has you know, we 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 got to find a way to deliver this message, man. That's what it's all about. The message is right. The message is pure. How we deliver it has to take it has to take effect, man. We got we got to do it right. Well, let me let me um, present this to you because I know you're a student of history because I've heard you, you. I've seen some of the videos where you talk about what went on with Hitler and Nazi Germany. Here's the problem. Hmm. We don't have time. We have a very short window of time to mm-hmm. get our message out. We don't have time to be nice with our message because, as um, as you like to say, we've reached critical mass. And if mm-hmm. you look at exactly how Hitler when he became chancellor, how he started doing things. First, he he sought to uh, – first, I think it was um, national health care in Germany. Mm-hmm. Then they disarmed right. the citizens. Mm-hmm. And then when he consolidated all that power, mm-hmm. the people that he destroyed were the people that helped Put elect get him elected. Most people don't right. know that it was the German Jews that elected Hitler. They were the working class. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. what did he do? He turned around and he sent them to the he sent them to the gas chambers and the furnaces. Now, yeah. Let me let me give you the picture because I'm not sure if people realize what is happening. Black people are in the same position as the Jews were in Nazi Germany, except yep. the difference is this administration, these liberals are trying to turn the entire nation, because white liberals already hate black people. They just tolerate us. And don't mm-hmm. get it twisted, folks. They hate black people. But what they're Not trying to do, right, right. That's why he was assassinated. So what mm-hmm. they're trying to do is get a race war started because you know good and well, if it happens, all these so-called liberals who were for black people are suddenly going to go to the other side. That's my point yep. that I'm trying to make in that. And I want you to I want you to give me your perspective on what I just said if I missed something or if I if you think I'm just totally ape crazy. <laughs> you know, just just like we we agreed earlier, man. It's you know Malcolm X. You know they they can try to they, liberals can try to say all they want that you know the Democrats, you know they weren't always liberal. You know they switched their their ideology. They used to be conservative. And the Democrats have never been conservative. They've always taken liberties with the Constitution. And their and their and their interpretation of the Constitution has always led to oppression. They've always been liberal. They've never been conservative. Um, and even Malcolm X, when they try to say that, you know, in the 60s, you know, the, 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 the Democrats became, you know, the liberals. It's like that's bull. Even Malcolm X saw it. Malcolm X called them out for the liberalism. He says the liberals are nothing but a bunch of smiley-faced foxes, and they want the black vote so they can use you as a, a voter stock. That's what they want, you know, and that, right. and that hasn't changed. And then Lyndon B. Johnson affirmed that. 
You know, when he says that I'll have those N-words voting Democrat for the next 200 years, he made the black community a voter stock. So, right. you know, that, that, that none of that stuff has changed. And, you know, the, the thing is, I don't know about so much as it is right now. Um, I, I don't I don't totally disagree about what would happen to the black community when all this power to the state is afforded to it. Uh, I know that right now the black community, the, the, the control, they want to control the population of the black community. That's for certain. That's, that's been the stated obje- objective of the Democrat Margaret Sanger with the Negro po- uh, Project. Uh, extermination, right. genocide, yes, to a degree. Because the black, the, you know, of course you still want the, the – the Democrats don't want to do away with the black community completely because a lot of the people in the black community is very influential. You know, we have a lot of influence over the culture, and they're, and they're able to use the black community as sympathy votes. You know, right. the, the, the state wants those. So the, the black community is, is, is important to the Democrat Party. We're, we're, we're their prize voter possession. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, they, they need us for that. Um, so in using us to be a voter stock and using us to get sympathy votes for other things, you know, like, uh, you know, the uh, uh, gay marriage and stuff like that, they love to lean on the black, you know, the, the plight of the black uh, community for that. In terms of uh, immigration, they love to lean on, on the plight of the black community to get sympathy votes for that. Um, so right. they, they need us for these things. But the control, but they can't let us be too big in number. That's why they have to control our populations. That's why abortion is we're, – we're, we're the most targeted for abortion. They have to control our population. Too many of us, that, that can't happen, and we already know how that works because that's how it's demonstrated in the Bible. Even the Pharaoh was afraid of the Jews becoming too many in number. That's why he had them killed. Right. Yeah, he would, kill, he would kill their children, and it's the same way exactly. that's happening in America right now. Right now it's happening in America. They're doing the same thing. Wow, you hit the nail on the you hit the nail on the head. And to that point, what you what you said about abortion, I'm gonna give you a statistic, mm. and I want you to I want you to actually speak on this a little bit before you have to go. But in 1970, the black population was 20 percent of the American population. And Celeste, mm. this is the question that you wanted. To know, we were projected by 2012. We're in 2015 mm-hmm. now. By 2012, we were project we were reproducing, having families, to be 50 percent of the American population. Wow. We are setting at 12.9 percent. Now, this is my mm-hmm. question to you: What type of catastrophic event could take a population from 20% to 12.3% in a little over 40 years? Um, well, there's what it could be, and then there's what it is. And I think the answer exactly. to both of that is abortion. Exactly. Exactly. Mm. More black babies. And you know what? We actually got the number wrong. You know, they 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 come up with the average number of abortions based on the average per year, so they multiplied it by the number of years that abortion's been legal. But I would I would be willing to venture a guess that mm-hmm. the number of abortions, black babies that have been aborted is well over half of the 
55 million babies because the privately owned abortion clinics, they're abortion statistics. Most people don't know that. It's only Planned Parenthood, NARAL, but the mm-hmm. other privately owned abortion clinics, they're not giving their numbers because a lot yeah, of them it, yeah. are – go ahead. So I was going to say, no, what you're saying is pl- – I was going to say what you're saying is is definitely plausible, man, because, uh, you know, you, here in California, it's legal for a, a girl in, high, in in school. She can be 13 years old, and she can go and get an abortion without her parents knowing about it. Nobody has to be the wiser that she did it. And so we don't really know how often that happens, but we know that it does. So, yeah, a lot of these numbers that you're saying may not even be reported. So what – how do we – how do we reach our community? Because I'm going to tell you what's not the answer, and some people in pro-life, the pro-life um, world do this. They go out, um, the post-abortive women, with all guns blazing, but the problem is that to end something like that, you have to cut off the head, the head being mm-hmm. the snake, Planned Parenthood. But rather than go after Planned Parenthood, I mean hardcore, not just – I don't mean not just standing outside abortion clinics. That's one element of it. But who's going mm-hmm. to be bold enough to step up and say enough is enough and, and really challenge and call Planned Parenthood and the rest of the abortion industry on their blatant racism, their blatant targeted of women of color, be them Hispanic or black or whatever, what do we do? Though? I would suggest, man. There's there's a a, a couple of factors, uh, and I'm and I'm not going to assume man to give you <laughs> the be all end all answer, man. But yeah, you know, I, I I would recommend this. Even Margaret Sanger knew what it took. Margaret Sanger said, "This is how we're going to do this to keep the Negro population from from catching on that we want them exterminated." We're going to use their colored ministers. We'll use the black minister, you know, to, to, to keep them in line, right? So the thing and, – and, and people like Jesse Jackson, Al Sharpton, they're fulfillments of her prophecy. You know, they're, 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 they're agents of, of the destruction that she wanted, you know, for, for the black community. However, um, you know, the same way that she, she, you know, helped to bring about this mess is the same way that we can use it to clean it up. You know, one of the things that, you know, in, in terms of the black community, you know, we, we used to be, we used to be, you know, well known for, you know, our, our Christian roots, you know, right. and that's what we really need to get back. That's, that's where we can relate, man. It's, it's, you know, it takes the Lord to, if we can get back in there, you know, and, and just reestablish and just get back to the table of the Lord and say, look, this is you know, you know if you go into the inner cities, man, we see churches on every corner. But why? Why right. is it that in the inner cities you see all these churches, but the, the, but you don't see as much pros- prosperity? Why? Because they're being taught a false doctrine. They're taught, you know, they're they're, they're, they're taking, they're giving a view of Jesus. One, they're really not getting down into the meat of what he what it is that he was talking about. The meat of being dependent on him, so you can be independent in the world. But they're taught to be, they're taught that. The, the, the state is supposed to reflect what Jesus is, and the state's supposed to be make these provisions. Jesus never taught anything like that. You know, right. Jesus taught, it's like, look, you be dependent on me, and I will teach you how to be independent in the world, teach you that it will be better for you to be, you know, um, 
you know, that you won't have to be a, a, a borrower. The only person that you need to worry about, you know, a loan from is me. You don't have to, you don't have to worry about all these things. You don't have to worry about the state taking care of you. You know, you follow my teachings, and you'll learn how to, to honor the commandment of working six days so you can rest. It's like some people forget that that's what's in the commandments. The commandment isn't just that, you know, that, uh, that you rest on the Sabbath. Before it says that you rest, it says that you work. You know, it doesn't say anything about the state is commanded to provide for you. It says that if you don't work, you don't eat. You know, so right. it's like there's this entitlement mindset needs to be, be taken out. And nobody in the black community likes to think that anybody is, 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 uh, is trifling or wants to hand out. Nobody likes to think that. But at the same time, you know, there's too much of the idea in the, in the black community that we're entitled to it. You know, so that has to stop. And if we're, so we, we, we can dig what the Lord is saying. We, we love the Lord. But are, are, we really, are we really ready to get down with what it is that he taught? And that's where it has to really get back down to. If we can, if we can illustrate. And, and, and like Margaret Sanger says, we need to get them charismatic colored ministers, you know, that, that can get in there and do that. And just get in there and say, this is what the Lord said. This is what he taught. And if you want to get out of this cycle of discontent and really enjoy peace, joy, and prosperity, well, this is what the Lord said, and this is how you do it. Right. And and to that, I, I say amen because you're right on point. And you know who those charismatic speakers are. It's black conservatives like you, like me, like <laughs> Frank Thomas, like many, many others. But the thing of mm -hmm. it is, we have to, one thing we have to know, it's about not um, stirring up the crowd and saying rah, 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 but it's about right. getting people engaged to do something. Because one of the issues with the, even the pro-life movement and even conservatives as a whole, which they haven't called on to for whatever reason, it takes a unified front. Because yep. whenever black conservatives go into the black community, the first mindset is, oh, you're just a token of the Republican Party. And I'm yep. thinking to yep. myself when I hear that, you voting, you vote 98% for the party responsible for every racist law ever passed in the history of the country, and you call me a token. What does that Absolutely. make you, you know? So, <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy. So, though, I, uh, I know your time is short, but we appreciate you. And Letitia told me to ask you if mm. – in your busy schedule, you could mm. come on another day because uh, she wants to have you back again. Because she, she has, she really comes with the hot topic. But uh, if we could have you back in on the show another day, oh, that's very, very nice to uh, offer to have me back. Sure, let's do it. All righty, sir. I appreciate you, and um, I will be getting details to you about August because. God blessed me, opened the door with to a phenomenal group of people that's our nice. event coordinators, and I think you'll enjoy this event coming up in August. So I will have the information to you. And, Zoe, thank you for calling into the show, my friend. You got it. Thanks for having me. All right, Letitia. All right. All right. You be blessed, sir. You know – that was a that was a good show, and I'm gonna tell you something. He's 
He's a great, great, great guy. And now I'm going to play... I'm going to play a piece that Letitia found. It's, uh, it's Milton Friedman. It's a short clip. And if I could find it. I saw my friend Celeste was listening in to the show. That was awesome. Hmm. I don't know where the clip is. Letitia, if you're listening, you'll have to find the clip for me because I don't know where it's at. Y'all have to to bear with me for a minute because I'm looking for this clip, but if I don't find it, y'all just have to listen to my mouth. Hmm. Well, I didn't find it. Let me see if it's at the bottom. Because if not, I could talk. Well, what it boils down to is this. If we want to bring about change, We have to be a unified body of believers, all shapes, colors, cultures, whatever. We have to reflect what God looks like because the truth of the matter is this. To change the culture in the black community is going to take people with ideas working together, people of different cultures. White racist liberals work together to destroy the community, so why can't conservatives all cultural backgrounds work together to save a people group from extinction. Why does it have to be, well, I don't look like you, so therefore I can't help you? It doesn't have to be that. But we make it about that. Why can't we make it about Christ and him crucified? Because here's the thing, the end of the day, our identity isn't found in the color of our skin, but in our relationship with Jesus Christ. Let's keep it real. And for those of you who profess to be followers of Christ, but yet and still you choose to do things that's contrary, i.e. you're full of hatred, for another individual, you can't be like that. Excuse the motorcycle in the background. To exhibit Christ 
We must represent him in every area and aspect of our life. And if we don't represent him in every aspect of our life, we should be striving to reach that point. There is nothing wrong with that. So I said all that to say this. It's the Christ in us, the hope of glory. What are we going to do about it? True Life Fridays Radio, we are a program that stands on the principle of Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 19, which says, I record this day against you that I have set before you, life and death, blessing and cursing. Therefore, choose life so that your seed and you, you and your seed, That's what it's about, folks. That's why we do this show. Letitia in St. Louis, she's the brains behind the show. Her and Melissa, they make this show click. Yes, I created the network. I'm not one of those individuals that has to hog all the glory because it's not even about that. End of the day. When you love God enough, you will stand for righteousness. You will stand for life. And that is real talk. Yes, Vince, you can join us when... You can on Fridays. That would be no problem, my friend. I am going to see if I can find this clip again. Friedman. F.D. Huh. You know... Devastation and reform. Let me see if that's the one. That's a song. You know what? I can't even find it. So I'm just going to take us out with the song. You have been listening to True Life Fridays Radio here on True Life, True Radio Network, and Blog Talk Radio. And I am going to play one of my favorite songs. It's Meredith Andrews singing a love song to Jesus. And she's singing from perspective of our Lord. So with that, I want to say good night and God bless. Make sure you stay and listen to the end of the song.
have been listening to True Life Fridays Radio here on True Radio Presents. Tune in next week for another exciting episode. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.